I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, so it is a Tuesday, and the basketball season is back. We will be with you every Tuesday. The Reverend Big Pooh will man the co-host chair with me. Pooh, what's happening? Not much, not much. And for the first, we bring back a dear friend of the show, Mr. Troy Halberton. Troy, how are you? I'm doing all right, Big Doug and Big Pooh, man. Glad you guys could uh, have me on. It, it's a good day in Wizards fandom because, you know, we got something good to talk about. <laughs> well, you've been everywhere. I'm just glad that you fit us into your schedule big time. <laughs> hey, like I said, nobody would want to talk to me if the Wizards weren't doing their thing on the court. The product on the court is good, so we're going to try to make the product off the court. All right, well, let's let's do this, Troy. Let's it, we're we're ten games in. We're about a tenth of the way through the season, essentially. For those that have are just getting into Wizards now maybe because the football team stinks and they're moving on already. Talk to the people listening as for a couple of minutes and get us caught up on what we might have missed in the offseason. Yeah, so to, to get caught up, uh, the Wizards, I think uh, most people who were Wizards fans, they, they wanted to see a change at the head coach position. And so that was kind of what kicked off everything uh, with the offseason. And so um, Tommy Shepard decided not to bring back uh, Scott Brooks. And so they had a very long, extensive coaching search. I think that a lot of people were very concerned uh, that the Wizards were the last uh, team that fired a coach to hire their coach. But uh, as it turns out, uh, uh, Tommy Shepard was just doing his due diligence and going out there making sure that he got the best possible candidate. And I think that when you look at the Wizards' early success, a lot of that has to start with Wes Unsell Jr., uh, the, the hire that Tommy Shepard made and and how he has really, really brought something new to a a, a, a new group. And so that'll be the next step. Uh, so not only did uh, Tommy Shepard go out and hire a new coach, but uh, he, he, he traded one of their star players and uh, basically consolidated. Uh, we're bringing in Russell Westbrook and turn him into four um, quality players. And so I think with those two things, I think that that those are the main reasons why the Wizards are uh, started out as successful as they are. Yeah, it's been it's been they have beat good teams along the way so far. I peeped the next little bit of the schedule. Uh, it's not tough. This team could could really be on a roll here. Yeah, I think the team is definitely because. Uh, well, n- number one, I think that with uh, Wes Unsell Jr., they look completely different with how they play because they're making adjustments on the fly. So when, when, when they're out there and they're playing teams, when, when some coaching staffs uh, uh, might switch it up, like the other day when uh, uh, they played the Bucks and they started running a 2-3 zone, you can see Wes Unsell Jr. stepping up on, on, on the sideline, signaling to his players, you know, running this way. He looked like, a, you know, the, the baseball, the, uh, the, the, the third base coach. He was out there, you know, the, he was running he had all type of hand signs, hand signals. But that's what coaching does, though. And all of a sudden, you know, you see two guys get screened and Bradley Bill scoring a layup. So I, I, I look at what the coach is doing and his ability to make adjustments on the fly. 
And I think that that has a lot to do with the team having early success. Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, everybody knows my disdain for Scott Brooks. If you, if you watch this program in the past year, but the the biggest thing I see out of West Unsell Jr., as Troy pointed out, is the adjustments. Um, you know, West Unsell Jr. was touted as being highly prepared, highly detailed, a tactician. You know, we know defensive-oriented, all those things, and we're actually seeing it. In the first 10 games of the season, we're actually seeing all of those things. They're always prepared every night. Even the games they lost, they looked prepared. They just looked like they've had a bad shoot night, low effort night, whatever it was, but they, they were prepared. Um, you see the adjustments on the fly. And the biggest thing for me is the defense. No, this is the NBA. There's not going to be any you're holding teams to 75, 85 points. That's going to be rare. But you see the best player on the team and Brad Bill buying in on the defensive end. I mean, he's really playing defense. I don't think I've seen Brad play this type of defense since his first couple of seasons in the league when he really didn't know how to play defense at an NBA level. You're seeing it now. And even in crucial parts of the game, you'll see him switch off or switch on to whoever the hot player is, if it's a guard, to try to slow that guard down or that player down. And... I just love the energy. I love the focus of this team. Um, And everybody understands what their role is. I think that's the biggest part of all of this is guys know what their role is. Everybody has a role. Just like the other night, seeing them, Denny was doing a good job against Giannis. He took him out, saw Giannis started to get loose. He put him right back in, even though it was the end of the game. And then he... I hadn't even I don't even think he had three points. He put him back in the game anyway because it was like this is the guy that was doing the best job against Giannis. He needs to be in at the crucial part of the game, and that's trust. That's trust that that you're building with your players, with, that you're building with your team, that the players are building with each other. No, it seemed like oh, coach put Denny back in, you know, to guard Giannis. Now Denny is getting that confidence, so. I just I love the way this team is playing. I don't know what the ceiling is, where they're gonna go, how much they I, I don't know any of that. I just know I'm enjoying watching them play right now. And this is a different type of enjoyment. We've enjoyed watching the Wizards play before when they was just putting up 115, 118 points a game, had to outscore opponents. The, we've enjoyed this is a different type of enjoyment. This enjoyment feels sustainable. And that's what I love so much about this team. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I definitely think that it's sustainable because, as you mentioned, like, you know, they can win in different ways right now. So they, they got different styles for different fights. And I think that uh, to go back to the point that you were making, it all kind of starts with Brad. Um, and Brad actually is playing defense for the first time in a few years. And I think that a lot of that has to do with that he doesn't have to uh, bear so much of a load on the offensive end as far as, you know, just trying to score the basketball and do so many other things. Like, he he can – his workload is decreased because we have, you know, a, a full stable of competent NBA players. And so, whereas last year when Brad, you know, he, he had to carry such a load because, 
you know, he had guys like, uh, you know, Isak Bonga and Garrison Matthews, who are, I, I like them as decent role players, but there's level to this. Like, you know, there, there's, they, th- those guys are fringe uh, end of the roster guys projects on most NBA teams. You know, Cal Kuzma and KCP were rotation players on a championship team. You know, like the, the, there's like there's way different levels of, you know, like the workload that he can expect from his teammates. And so that decreases his workload and then it allows him to focus on different areas that he wasn't allowed to in the past. Number one being defense. Troy, there's been mixed messages coming out of Washington. Uh, tell us what's going on with Rui Hachimura, what you are hearing. Well, the, the the one message is is that Rui Hashimura has been a part of the organization. He it, 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 there, I, I think that um, there was this misconception out there that that maybe that, that he hadn't been fulfilling his obligations, or or that or that the team or his teammates have not seen him. And it's uh, I have reported some things. Uh, Ava Wallace from the Washington uh, Post has reported some things about different teammates that have seen him, have spent time around him. Uh, Shams from the Athletic just reported yesterday that he is expected to uh, be back to full activities within the next two weeks, and so that goes along with everything that um, that, that I've been saying. Um, uh, I talked directly to Tommy Shepard about this, and uh, he assured me that. That, that they are taking their time that like that the due diligence that 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 he had the same due diligence that he had when he hired the coach is the same due diligence that he and Wes Unso Jr. are taking with uh trying to uh reincorporate uh Rui back into team activities so he, he's following along on a plan that the team has set all along and he is right on schedule with, with with what it is they want to see from him, and so he'll he'll be back playing very soon, and it, it'll be a much needed piece uh, to this already talented roster. It's a mental health thing for him, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, but pretty much from my understanding is that is that he had uh, reached the point where he was just exhausted from 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 after uh, uh, the Olympics and and before the start of the season. I mean, you got to also you, you have to realize that. I mean, Rui, when you look at the timeline of Rui and uh, everything that has happened to him since he's been in the NBA, it's like it's been a constant like ebb and flow for him. You know, he he uh, he, he he is he's been he got he got kicked in the balls by Isak Bonga and that injury like, you know, really set him back a little bit. That, that, that's a that was a very traumatic injury for him, uh, not only on the floor, but, you know, off the floor like that. That's a very traumatic thing that happened to him. Um then you also look at uh, uh, he got sick last year right before the season started. He, he's had COVID before. Um, you know, he, he went to Japan. He played in the Olympics, and he wasn't just a member of his uh, the of the national team. I mean, he was like a, 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 a frontline premier member of, you know, of the Japanese Olympic team. You know, he's like one of the torchbearers at the Olympics. Like, you know, the, he, he had a lot of responsibility on him. And, and, and I do feel like some of the pressures of of, of of that just just started weighing down on him. And you also have to take into consideration that you know that the, the NBA that he he's going into his third season, and and what really has only been like a year and a half of time. So you know it, it's it's just a lot going on. Like like the two seasons ago just ended. Like the, the, the 
the Lakers, their championship, like their banner was just hung up, like I think a year ago, like <laughs> at, at this point. But that was two seasons ago. So, I mean, I think I think a lot of that is just like kind of caught up with him. So um, this is a Ben Simmons situation where he has been apart from the team. You know, he has been uh, lockstep with the organization every step of the way, man, as far as the communication, uh, letting him know that he, he wasn't coming, let him know when he arrived in the country, letting them know about everything that's going on with him. So that's why I think that they are being super cautious with uh, not just throwing him back out there um, and, and, and really listening to him and, and, and having a full understanding of, you know, that, that he just needed some time away. But they're trying to build him up in mind, body, and spirit at this point. I love the uh, the holistic approach that's being taken. I mean, you could take this approach. It's good they're taking it, but they can afford to take this approach this season because of the depth that they have. And um, and I just – I mean, everything Tom, Tommy has done has been with patience. Like, he doesn't make do things in haste. And so, so – to see the holistic approach that they're taking with Rui lets you know how much they uh, think of Rui because they're not rushing him out there. They're, they're, they're taking that time. They're showing him that they care and that they want to build him back the right way. Uh, you know, so he's, he has that mental energy, that mental focus and, um, and that just that belief in himself. Uh, Cause I know it was, you know, it was tough over the summer, all those things Troy mentioned. And then this summer, you know, being the guy in Japan and then they not win a game. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, he, he that took a toll on him because I, there there has been things with him and his brother um, from people in Japan before, just some of the, uh, you know, the insensitive comments and things of that nature. So this is, you know, for me, I, you almost forget when you're watching them play that Rui is even missing. You know, he, he was a big he was a big part of their team his first two seasons. And now you forget he you was like, oh man, that's right, Rui's coming back. <laughs> like and it just adds more to what they're building in Washington and, and knowing and understanding that everybody on this team is under 30. Like that's Tommy, man. Tommy, Tommy has done a masterful job since he's taken over full time. Uh, at that at the GM position, and he's he show he's showing he showed the league how to team build on the fly. Like this wasn't a rebuild. Everybody been calling for a rebuild. He showed how to retool on the fly, and he's done a masterful job at that. Yeah, no, I, I agree that like they've done a great guy. job retooling. Um, Big Poo, one one something that I wanted to uh, comment on that you that you mentioned. They are really, they really are showing to Rui and uh, to the rest of the team, like how much Rui, how valuable he is to them. So, like, this isn't just you know uh, a quick fix plan that they're putting together. You know, they're really looking at Rui as they should. He, he's a he's a ten year asset for them, and so you know you, they want they want to make sure that they're taking as just care of him as possible. And it isn't about this season. Rui's going to be a, a Washington Wizard. For a long time, so they 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 want to make sure that they, that they are cultivating a very positive and healthy relationship, and I think that the line of communication works both ways. And I think that when Rui is ready, uh, that he'll he'll be able to come out and 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 you know further explain what it is that's going on. But I think that what 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 people can do who are covering the team is to have more empathy 
with, with, with some of the reporting around uh, um, um, whatever it is that is going on. And so if you have reports that come out and make it seem like that he's apart from the team or that other, his teammates are upset at him, like I, I think that, that could be um, damaging to, to a guy who is clearly going through something. And so, man, I love the fact that, that Tommy Shepard has, has, you know, really taken his time and, and dealing with this in a way that, 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 that shows how much they truly care about him as a person, not just as an asset. And having two players that play with him in college doesn't hurt either. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Troy, uh, eventually we'll get Thomas Bryant back on this roster. Is there a log jam amongst the big men? I mean, Brewery comes back, Thomas Bryant comes back, you'll have Gafford, you'll have Trez. They won't have to move somebody. How do you keep all those guys on the roster? Well, I mean, you can keep all those guys on the roster. It's about whether they're going to be in the playing rotation. Um, I think that at this point, I mean, Montrez Harrell is one of the best players in the entire NBA at this point. So his minutes are solidified. Uh, Daniel Gafford, he was just signed to a contract extension uh, for three years for $40 million before the season. So that, that was added on to the two years that he already had on his deal. So I think that his position on the team is pretty much solidified. And so when you're looking at Thomas Bryant, I think that, you know, it, it's a it's a uh, break the glass in case of emergency type of situation. Um, you know, uh, they, they, while we do have Montrez and, and Gafford, as we saw last week, if Gafford goes out with an injury, I mean, we're really down to just one center. So it, I'm sure that there will be moments throughout the course of the season where they will be relying on Thomas Bryant to, to come in and, and produce. But at the same time, I, I think that, uh, you know, for him, the only thing that he can focus on is, is just coming out and, and, and trying to, you know, get his body back to full health and, you know, put, 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 showcase him his talents for the rest of the league. Because, I mean, if I were a betting man, I would say that his time in D.C. is not for long. And it's incredible because just a year ago, he was like they were building around him. They were building around this big man that could shoot threes and, and stretch the floor, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's just amazing how quickly things can change. They were high on him. I, I, I wouldn't say necessarily building around him. He was the guy that was here. And, and, and give credit to Tommy Shepard that they, they were developing him as a, as a prospect. But um, I, I believe that, you know, that when, when, when other teams were calling interested in trades, I believe that, you know, that, that they, they've probably been trying to shop him for the last year and a half. And, and, and one of the reasons why he's probably still on the roster is because of that ACL injury. You know, there have been a number of opportunities for, for, for teams and different deals that they could have made that probably would have had to involve him. And so maybe the best thing, course of action, is for him to come back and, and, and get his trade value back up. And, and and you can put together some type of package with Thomas Bryan and Thomas Bertans and go out and, and get uh, that, that extra piece that, that will put this team over the over the hump. Yeah, I, you know, I like Thomas Bryan as a player, but I think they ended up finding the two players, the two types, I'll say, that they need at center um, for this type of team. And that's defensive players. I mean, Trez, is, Trez has some offensive ability, more offensive ability than Gafford does, but 
You have two finishers at the rim. I know Brian is a finisher at the rim, but you have two players that bring a different type of presence when they're in the game as big men. And they didn't have that prior to the beginning of the last season. So now they have it. I think Tommy, not that Tommy didn't know what he wanted, but he has what he wants in that. And that makes a Thomas Brown expendable. Like Troy said, I think he'll be a break a case of emergency option. Um, you know, because, I mean, we, we, we see how Wes Unsell Jr. runs his show. You know, he has his rotation, and if you're playing well, you keep playing. <laughs> like, he doesn't say, okay, you're playing well, now sit down because it's somebody else starting to get back in. Like, no, he, he continues to play you. So um, I think for Thomas Bryant, when he comes back, I, we know he's going to be on a minutes restriction. He's probably not going to be playing back-to-backs. So all those different things kind of helps that we already have two centers in rotation before him. So he will be the guy who sometimes he may play more than other times. Sometimes he may not really play. Uh, as far as Rui goes, I think once Rui is back fully integrated and, you know, in the beginning, he's probably going to come off the bench just, you know, as he eases his way back into the team. But I think once he gets back to, to being the player that, that we know he is, um, I think that'll, that'll cause some shifting, but the way they play, having Kyle Kuzma, Denny, and Rui helps them tremendously because they all can guard down. Rui and Denny can guard up, and so that just helps them with their alignments. The one thing Tommy did after watching them get obliterated in that in that series against Philly on the wings, he made sure that will not happen this year. It will not happen. He has KCP out there. He has Denny out there. He will have Rui back. He has Kyle Kuzma out there. And Bill is playing defense now. They will not get blistered on the wings again. That's not happening again. So yeah, <laughs> yeah he yeah. he just he, he he made he made that a thing. And you can even see. And I know it's early in the season, but if you notice how Unsell Jr. runs his rotate, like his minutes, I'll say. Players don't play a lot of – I know Brad, he'll – depending on the situation, but his players don't play a lot of heavy minutes. Like, he he keeps them fresh. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Rui when he gets back, and it should be opportunity for Thomas Bryant as well when he gets back, um, you know, to, to, to play some minutes and, and to rebuild – for Thomas Bryant's trade value and for Roy to get reacclimated with not just reacclimated with the team. Cause I know he sees the guys, but on the floor in the actual game, um, get up the game speed. So I think it'll be plenty of minutes to go around. Troy, let me ask you this. If, if Wes Unseld um, is a defensive guy and may, maybe it doesn't work this, or this way as much in basketball, who is tasked with coming up with the offense? Is that still Wes or who on the bench just kind of takes that role if he's more the defensive mastermind? Yeah, well, it, it, it really it doesn't work that way. Kind of like I know what you're thinking. Like if, if you have a, an NFL team, who's the offensive coordinator? Who's the defensive coordinator? Now, Wes is a he's the head coach. So he right. I mean, he's like I said, he's calling the plays on the offensive. And, I, you know, uh, I've had different anecdotes and in, in, in a story I wrote uh, last week where, you know, Kyle Kuzma says that. Uh, West Unsell calls a play every time they come down the floor. Now, whether they listen to it or not, you know, it is one thing. But, you know, I, I think that he gives them the freedom to, you know, kind of do what they want to on the offensive end. 
and, and like, but but he is a as a defensive tactician, his job has been to kind of lay this foundation that was not there before for this team defensively. And so I think what that starts with guarding their man, uh, uh, a heads up, um, do, doing a lot less switching than they have in years past. And I think that that's been one of the biggest things when you look at Wizards teams of years past. You know, they they would team players opposing players would end up with wide open jump shots or wide open layups because there would be miscommunications on switches or unnecessary switches and just doing different things. And so Wes Unsell has laid down a foundation where you know they're they're not switching as much. They're they're, they're you know they're straight up. They're getting into their men and. You know, I think that he's focused on, you know, just building those those teachable moments on the defensive end while also still, you know, running and calling plays on the offensive end. So, you know, he, he's a guy who is wearing a lot of hats right now, and obviously he's having a lot of success. But this is like like, like Big Boo said, I mean, we, this is what we expected from him. This is what everybody has heard, everything about him, is that he's so detail-oriented. And so, you know, he's just showing that uh, right now with, with, you know, he's leading by example more so than uh, word of mouth. (laughs) I'm curious, how many um, people are on the beat? Do y'all get along on the Wizards beats? And how many questions do you have to have ready in case somebody asks you a question before it's your time? (laughs) Well, so the Wizards beat is probably one of the smaller beats uh, in the NBA. I would say there are probably like six or seven like regular people who cover like who would who would attend almost every game and, and attend you know every press conference and and things of that nature. I think that uh, the relationship is is quite jovial between everybody that's on the beat. I think you know uh, yeah everybody really gets along, and I think that uh, one of the biggest things is just is just making sure that. Uh, is that we have uh, accurate reporting about different things that are going on within the organization. And so, you know, I I don't think that that there's as much uh, conversation or uh, different dirty tactics that I might see on other beats uh, about people, you know, just, just trying to be able to store. You know, but but it's it's a small, uh, a tight, close knit group. Troy, I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, I was reading the other day. The Wizards have probably one of the, or it might be the lowest attendance uh, so far this season. If it's not the lowest, it's one of the lowest. Do you think that's a product of fans being cautious about this start? Like they're not trusting their eyes right now. They 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 said let me let me wait a little bit longer before we come fill this arena out to to selling out this arena every night because we don't know this team fooled us before in the past. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's trusting their eyes and watching their wallets. Uh, I think that over the years, I think that with with the Wizards uh, with their uh, ticket sales, is that the the sales have gone up in a way that has not coincided with the product on the floor. And so right now, what you end up with, and and because I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends who, you know, have season ticket packages or different things of that nature. And the value isn't really where I think that, 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 that the consumer would like it to be. 
And so I'll give you an example. So like, so you, you might get a, buy a season ticket package and, you know, um, it, it might not come with like some of the amenities that you would want. You might have uh, people want the, the, the VIP wristbands with, with all you can eat or all you can drink, or, or maybe the, 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 the ticket prices are just a little bit more expensive than what I, what people believe the product on the floor should be. And so I think that once the season goes long, if they keep winning seven out of 10 games, every 10 games, like, then, you know, by the end of the season, it will be a product that will be worth what it is they're charging right now. But I think that a lot of that just has to do with being in Washington, D.C. and the cost of living and and just, just everything's just more expensive here. And so I think that, you know, people aren't really prepared to pay New York Knicks ticket prices for, uh, a, a, an experience that they would not deem to be Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Troy, let's wrap with this. What What is, you know, the high end for the record? What is the low end for the record? What, what should we be looking at here? Well, the high end for the record, I think that we, we, we might possibly be looking at the team winning the uh, 50 games for the first time in over 40 years. Um, that 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 would be the high end for me. I think I just saw on Basketball Reference they were projected at forty eight wins. So that's like for, that's right there at that fifty mark. And then the low the low for me uh, would have to be coming into the season. Uh, I, I believe um, the the Vegas uh, line for the over under total was thirty three and a half. And so definitely anything below that would be a high disappointment, especially for people like me who. Who, who, who wagered a, a good amount of money on them hitting the over on that number. If they don't hit that number, then look, we're going to have some major problems here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my, the high for me is is around that 48, 50 games, and the low for me is 40. Um, they they, they got to get the 40. Uh, they, they're playing too well. I know they're not going to win every game, but they're playing too well, and they've shown us. It's one of the things like you've shown me that you could play well. And, you know, so, so to do anything less would be a regression. And um, so I'm, I'm expecting at least 40. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like if you, when you look at the fact that they played 10 games already and they've won 70% of their games, if they don't win 50% of their games for the entirety of the season, then something went wrong. Like that. I mean, so I'm, 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 I'm right there with you, Pooh. Like, if if they if they go if they dip below forty and they and, and that means that they are not finishing five hundred this year, then I think that something definitely went wrong, and and yeah, like that 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 that, that would not be a good sign at all. Well, here's the next ten games at the Cavaliers, at Magic, home to the Pelicans, at uh, Charlotte, at Miami, then back home. I mean, tell me Listen. if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of winnable games on that stretch. I don't know, man. I've been watching these teams play. Now, the Pelicans should be a win. And the, the, the Pelicans with no Brandon Ingram or no Zion, man, it, look, that's one of those games. Like, that, like get, get your nice rest. You go out after that game. You, like, you got you to get that win for sure. Right. Uh, the now, Miami Heat games are going to be tough, and that Charlotte game is going to be tough. But some of those, those Clevelands and Orlandos, yes, they look like uh, uh, that they're better than they were last year. But at the end of the day, this is one of those situations. The NBA is about talent. And so when you have a guy like Bradley Bill, who will be going into a lot of these nights as the uh, 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 supposed best player on the court, they should be winning a lot of these ball games.
Yeah. I completely agree. Troy, we appreciate you as always. Blessing the show. Always a lot of fun. I hope uh I hope that 50 is right. That'd be great. <laughs> Beautiful to see. <laughs> yeah, I said 50 is there too, man. It's I mean the the Wizards slash Bullets fandom, I mean, we need it. Like 40 years without getting 50 wins like that. I, was stunned when you I said mean, it. it's it, it's just kind of been all right this baseball. So, you know, and I think that it would kind of be fitting for them to to get it in this year with Wes Unsell Jr. coaching the team, you know, uh, on, and as they're honoring Wes Unsell Sr., uh, they, they, they just uh, put his a bust of him in the, in the uh, hallways of Capital One Arena. His jersey already hangs in the rafters. You know, I think that this will be definitely a, a good full circle moment for the franchise. If they are able to come out here and 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 have their best year since 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 Wes Unsell Senior was was done in the the, the the red white blue back in the seventies, fellas, I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Y'all have a good one. All right, All right. guys, take it easy, man. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Anytime. All right. Yep. <laughs>